Hello, Mum Can't Cook listeners. It's Luke here from the podcast Mum Can't Cook. And I'm Andy from the podcast uh, Mum Can't Cook. That's the British version. <laughs> it's got a U in it. We're about to kick off with our episode about quince, but first we wanted to let you know a little bit about this episode. The main thing is that we recorded this one in person. Yes. Uh, We've been on the hoof a lot lately. Yeah, we were ready for a work trip and uh, we decided to use the opportunity to record. It's only our second ever one we've recorded in person. The other one was the mum's got a date with a vampire one. Um, but it's, you know, it's good. I think it gives it yeah. a different a different energy. It's got big, we're in person, and it's the end of a long day vibes. Yeah. So <laughs> so I uh, hope you enjoy this upcoming episode of Mum Can't Cook, which is regrettably still about the movie Quince. I'm a fish boy who skates for Team X Blades with a leprechaun Who plays basketball, come to my smart house Meet my alien sister, don't come home you cranking little big bees and welcome to Mom Can't Cook, a decom podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Westaway. And I'm the other host, Andy Farrant, and I'm a pea kicker to the max. All the way to the Fable Edition. All the way to the Fable Edition. Andy, you just got back from a trip to, to Disney, right? I did, yeah. I went there to the Disney world that they have now. And that was all... That was all okay. There were what I noticed was there were no rides based on any decoms. They had all, what? They had rides based on Avatar. On um, what? On Mickey Mouse. Yeah. On Tron, even. But no Brinker Coaster. No Brinker Coaster. No <laughs> Halloween Town Haunted House. No Smart House Dark, <laughs> dark Ride. Smart House House of Tomorrow. Yep. No. I mean, you could have lightly rethemed the Carousel of Progress to be about. I, I don't know, Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> I mean, you could heavily retheme the Carousel of Progress, and I don't think anyone would complain. <laughs> if you changed the guy in Carousel of Progress to be, to be Johnny, Johnny Tsunami, Tsunami. <laughs> I think it would be considerably better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the main thing is, you know, they like, you know, they, they let you in, everything was fine. Yeah, no one looked at me askance. Okay. At any point. So well, I assume this they're is fine. Huge. They're fine with everything. Well, I mean, they would have had your they would have had your name. They had my fingerprints. They you had your to, fingerprints. Yeah, you've got to put your fingerprints on the little thing when you yeah. get to the park. I mean I was I didn't say this to you because I didn't want to ruin your holiday, um, but I was I was sure that someone was gonna stop you at the gate and say, I'm sorry, you Andy Farrant of Mom Can't Cook. And I'd be like, yes, oh, I assume this is for the window on Main Street 7. <laughs> and then a load of... Uh, Flash forward to Goofy kicking your ass. <laughs> Go, yuck! <laughs> Hold his arms, boys! <laughs> we were trying our best! <laughs> With limited resources and it was the late 90s! Gorge! Now you make a better movie about surfing. <laughs> oh, you have! <laughs> It's become Dutch from Red Dead Redemption. (laughs) Okay, so the movie we're talking about today is Quince. How would you summarise Quince, Andy, in just a few words? Um, Okay, well, Quince is a year 2000 decom directed by Bill Corcoran. Uh, The tagline is, as if life at 14 isn't twisted enough. Okay. Oh, and wow, what a tagline. What a tagline. Um, yeah, the uh, the tagline here says, 14-year-old Jamie goes to desperate lengths to get attention when her mother gives birth to quintuplets, which isn't the plot of this film. That's it isn't really, no. Sort of the opposite yeah. of the it, plot. Anyway, um, Disney is trying all sorts of different ways to get you to watch this one. Yeah. Uh, here's just one. It's the promo. Jamie Grover's parents couldn't be more proud. People ask me all the time if she can be a lawyer, a doctor, or even a news anchor. Or more involved in their only daughter's life. Don't worry, I'm gonna get into college. 
Yes, you are. You're going to be the first Grover to do so. All Janie wanted was a little space. I wish I could just have a few days where I wasn't the center of their lives. What she got was five brothers and sisters. Five? There's five of them? We are not gonna panic. As if Life at 14 isn't twisted enough. Everything must be about the twins. Everything. What do you do when your life gets lost among a crowd? Show your parents the real you. They don't care. Tomorrow, Disney Channel presents Quins. I want a different part. There are actors out there who would be grateful to wear that diaper. Kimberly J. Brown stars in Quins, a Disney Channel original movie. Opening tomorrow at 7, 6 central, only in Zoog Weekends. Having watched this movie, I would describe it as less a film and more a sort of formless tone poem that serves to indulge the every woman thought of its main character, <laughs> accomplishing narratively nothing else. Uh, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. It stars Kimberly J. Brown, who played Marnie in Halloween Town. Now. Here she's playing now. a character called Jamie Grover. Should we get ahead of this? <laughs> Should we get, get ahead, ahead of the Marnie issue? I just, I'm just... I'm going to say, I'm, nothing I say is a criticism of the actress. I sure. Think she does a fine job with yeah. the material given. This isn't a criticism of Kimberly J. Brown, who is a fine actress. Yes. Um, so this is about Jamie Grover, but I don't know about you, but in my notes, she's Marnie all the way yeah, through. Yeah, we can call her Marnie the whole way through. Should we call her Marnie? Let's just call her Marnie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's Marnie. I mean, it's Marnie. It's Halloween Town Marnie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 So this film opens on a shot of uh, newspaper clippings and photographs of presumably... The quints of the title. Yeah. Uh, it's five babies. And there are all these articles about how amazing it is and how the quints' parents, Jim and Nancy Grover, are dealing with the pressures of having five babies. It's a very efficient setup. Yeah. It's kind of conveying a lot of plot mm -hmm. uh, that is ruined when Marnie from Halloween Town <laughs> turns to the camera with the smuggest look in the history of the world and tells <laughs> us what quintuplets are. We know, Marnie, we're not idiots. <laughs> quintuplets. Pretty cool, huh? In a word, that's a lot of babies. At first I was like, oh, this is nice. Marnie from Halloween Town is talking about someone else for a change. But um, <laughs> uh, wait, she's actually here to complain that the newspaper article about the incredible quints, which printed a picture of the Grover family, yep. failed to mention her, despite her not being one of the quints, which is what the story is like. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she looks directly down the barrel of the camera then and says, you see, this is my story she says, of the film called Quince about Quince. <laughs> Which she is not one. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those girl finds herself even though she didn't know she was lost stories, she says, as if that's a thing. <laughs> she says to describe the film Quince about <laughs> quintuplets of which she is not one. <laughs> um, also, I mean... There is a heavy, 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 heavy amount of this sort of narration all the way through. I would say mm. it almost it goes beyond uh, kind of just like catch up exposition VO and more into the realm of like sort of uh, magic realism yeah. <laughs> at, at many points. Kind of Clarissa explains it all style. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say a big red flag early doors is that this movie begins with Marnie giving the verbal disclaimer. This story isn't boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my story. And yeah, it's one of those girl finds herself, even though she didn't know she was lost, stories. But I promise you, it's not going to be lame and it's not going to be boring. Okay? Don't worry, everyone. Don't worry. It's not going to be boring, I swear. This film won't be boring. <laughs> feels like a production note. Like, this film is extremely boring. Can we do something about that? How do we change the audience's perception? I mean, we can't make the film less boring, but then maybe we can reshoot a little thing for the beginning or something. 
Well, let's have Marnie tell everyone that it isn't, actually. This film isn't boring. <laughs> Just make a note that this film isn't boring, actually. Oh, well, I must have been mistaken, because I thought it was really boring. I mean, having watched this film, I would say this is your first clue that Marnie is an unreliable narrator. <laughs> because this film is boring. <laughs> well, so she goes on. She's narrating... Um, She's the older sister of the quints of the title. And via these narration heavy clips, we meet her dad, uh, yep. Jim Grover, who is taking classes so that he can better himself and get a promotion. Yes. Uh, he believes in bettering yourself. But according to Marnie, he is quite stupid. Then she introduces us to her mum, Nancy, yep. who publishes the town paper. And according to Marnie... There is no nice way to say this. She's very scatterbrained. Yeah, and this is demonstrated by the mom committing, I mean, the cardinal sin of putting orange juice in mugs and coffee in glasses. I mean, you've got to throw them both out. <laughs> <after> <laughs> I mean, it's like, you can drink orange juice from a mug. Yeah. You can drink coffee from a glass. And she's it's, like, we're used to it. We're, yeah, you'll learn to live with it. <laughs> it's like, okay, I mean, she seems fine. She seems successful and fine. Yeah, the flashback then continues and Marnie pours cranberry juice all over her own face <laughs> for some reason. What look, look, if you haven't watched the film, this is going to be one of those things where you think that we've like skipped a bit mm. or like a breezing through for comic effect, but we're really not. She goes yeah. to the fridge and takes out a, like a 10 gallon <laughs> jug of cranberry She walks to the fridge and says, look at this, look at this fridge. A shrine to me, she says, rolling her eyes. And they're all pictures of her and her report cards yeah. and things on the fridge. She's like, oh, I can't believe my stupid dad and scatterbrained mum love me so much. Love me and respect me so, yeah, so I thoroughly. Either, to be honest. Yeah. And then she pours a 10-gallon <laughs> container of cranberry juice all over her face. I think... So, I think this surely was supposed to look like an accident. Mm. Like, the way this is... I mean, obviously, it was supposed to be accidentally I poured cranberry juice all over It's the sort of thing that's so easy to write in a script. Yes. Uh, Marnie accidentally pours cranberry juice over herself. It'll establish her as, uh, you know, sort of um, relatable and fallible... Lovable goof. However, however, I think on the day... They got that take and thought, well, it just looked like she sort of lifted deliberately, it, forward, deliberately forward, into her own eyes, into her own eyes and open mouth. <laughs> however, however, now cranberry juice has gone all over the actor. It's gone all over the floor. Yeah. It's gone all over the costume. And this is a decom. And we've only got so many DVDs to burn this footage onto. And Michael Eisler has the engine running <laughs> outside. Yeah. So probably, I think this was a one-shot deal. Oh, yeah. yeah I imagine the... Yeah, imagine... Being like, how was that? Did we get it? Like, I felt like I didn't... I felt like if I got... If you could give me one more shot at that, I could make it look a lot... No, no, I felt no. like it didn't look accidental, really. It just sort of... Uh, I felt like I just sort of lifted a 10-gallon thing just of cranberry juice and slowly... Like the ice bucket challenge. <laughs> yes, it yeah. is like the ice bucket challenge. We see her house. It's a standard house in Milford. Uh, she turns to the camera and says, Oh, and for those of you who aren't so quick, Milford is my hometown, she says, uh, directly insulting the audience. Yeah, there's quite a lot of... Um, there's quite a lot of, uh, like... Uh, Jamie directly like bollocking the audience <laughs> down the lens. Or calling them stupid. Calling or them stupid. Or... Yeah. Um, for example, the next thing that happens is she's she's talking about notable things about her town. Mm -hmm. And she says that, for instance, and she points to the Statue of Liberty, which yeah. is in her town. Uh, then the Statue of Liberty sort of dissolves with CGI. And she's like, just kidding. 
That's not really there. That's not really did there. You, did you believe that, you idiot? Did you fall for it? But the one thing that makes Milford famous is just a block to the east. Okay, so that's not really there. Just making sure you're with me. Next up. Yep. Now, this is going to establish a hard to describe but very important to grasp trend of this movie, which is like, <laughs> by the end of it, every single scene that starts, you will be braced for the rug pull that none of this happens. <laughs> you will not trust a single thing that happens yeah. in this film. I would say probably 40 to 45% of the scenes get several minutes in and then Marnie turns to the camera and says, none of this happened. That None of that happened. None of None of that happened. Did you believe it? Yeah. No, it isn't. Actually, the interesting thing is the high school, right? Yes. So we go to the high school. Uh, high school is great, she says. Uh, come and meet my best friend, Zoe and Brad. Uh, Brad is played by Duffy from Mum's Got a Date with a Vampire. He yep. plays a similarly thankless role here. As yeah. a sort of oh supportive my gosh. friend who just gets the short end of the stick from his terrible buddy. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, the, the parallels are really there. She says we'll go and meet those two. And then okay. we get to the school. Yeah, and she's like, "Here's my school. It this is what it's like," and sort of dares you to challenge that <laughs> as a circus clown <laughs> and a fire-breathing teacher's cartwheel past, <laughs> balloons fall from the ceiling. Uh, there's cotton candy for all and trampolines. <laughs> then, in a, in what I can only describe as a budget-burning moment, the camera does one of those things where you have to like set up like twenty different cameras all in a row next to each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they all Bullet kind of, times yeah through yeah the scene and then Marnie steps out of the still image of the clowns and the fire breathers and the cotton candy and the trampolines and she says you <laughs> idiot <laughs> you believed me did you you thought that my school was like this did you you thought that the images on screen were representative of the narrative of this film the school is actually normal idiot you couldn't be more wrong you couldn't be more <laughs> of a clown you've really you've shown your whole ass on this <laughs> one there actually, actually aren't loads of clowns and jugglers <laughs> in my high school. And it's like, well, I don't know, Jamie, I only thought that because <laughs> I only thought that because you showed it in your movie. <laughs> you told me and then showed me it. <laughs> you said this is my school and then showed me the school. You clown. <laughs> you idiot. Idiot clown. <laughs> so yeah, so already Marnie has this established is, herself as yeah. a likable protagonist. This has happened like twice in in two minutes and it keeps going at that rate. Like, no, you can't count on any scene in this to be yeah. And they're not all. They're not all like Clowns and jugglers. Sometimes there'll be a scene where the dad walks in and says, "Hey, good job with your um, good job with your report card." And they'll then talk. Marnie's like, and Marnie's <laughs> like, "You you fell for you it. Fell for <laughs> my scheme. <laughs> you thought you thought Dad said well done on your report card. <laughs> Get real, you clown." <laughs> so, it's yeah, it's not it's not pleasant to watch. It's yeah, it's it's a really really. It's like something that it's like something that David Lynch would would insert deliberately to upset the audience. <laughs> but we we do get to meet her friends here. Yeah, Brad and Zoe. Um, their their character arcs are just non-existent. I think that we can get to this Very later. Very thinly there's, drawn. There's a. I mean, there's. I think there's a real argument to say that these characters aren't real and that they only <laughs> sort of exist. Everyone in this film only exists to kind of pander to the character of Jamie. Yeah, basically. Uh, and indulge her in every way. And, yeah. So they're um, looking at their report cards. Um, yeah. Her friends have done well, but it turns out that Marnie is stupid as well as smug. <laughs> so, um, we now meet the character of teacher Mr. Blackmer. Um, <laughs> That's his name, right? It is, yeah, it is. <laughs> but just this character is, is 
Yeah, he's bizarre. Um, he's preparing a four-course Italian meal for Zoe, only Zoe, <laughs> to accompany the Italian master's paintings he'll be showing her at his He's private... an art teacher, right? Yeah, he's this an art is... teacher, but he is... It's a very confusing opening, because I assumed he was like, I don't know, home ec or, or something, because he does say, I'm preparing a four-course dinner yeah. for... Well, he's got Zoe coming to art club that evening, and he's prepared her a four-course romantic dinner. <laughs> Make of that what you will. Yeah. Um, Zoe, probably because she doesn't want to eat a four-course Italian dinner with her teacher... <laughs> Looks at um, looks at Jamie slash Marnie pleadingly and says, why don't you come to art club as well? Mm, she it, has to work on her science fair. She project. has to work on her science fair project. Yes. And here we kind of dig into this sort of running theme that her parents really, really want her um, to go to this particular school. Yeah. Marnie is very focused on science because her dad has something for her that he calls the plan, mm. which is uh, for her to do well in science to get uh, into George Washington Science Magnet School, which is a very prestigious science-based school. And she feels I, there's a lot of pressure on her. I have since Googled Magnet School, and it's not a school about magnets. It's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably for our US listeners and those... They the, know what a magnet and school international is. ones who are much better at reading context than I am. Well, they I've, didn't think that this was a, a, a magnet school. Was uh, Yeah. I, I just, in my head... Well, it's, it's science. Like, yeah, that's true. I thought it was like, the, you know... <laughs> Work on your science project so that you can go to magnet school. I thought <laughs> I thought it was just like you think magnet school works in anyone. You think that you've got to demonstrate real proficiency in magnets? Yeah, you got to learn how to make a magnet. You th- I thought it was a bit like you know how Charles Xavier has his school for gifted youngsters and oh. Magneto has his own school across, <laughs> across town. Yeah, the ma- the magnet yeah. school for gifted evil mutants. Yeah, we are the yeah. future children, Ch- not, children Charles's, not Charles. Not Charles's students. He doesn't know anything about magnets. <laughs> Don't listen to him. Too much iron in your blood. <laughs> so 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 she doesn't enjoy science. It's not her passion, and yet she is working quite hard to, yeah. to try and do science because. It's the plan that her parents have for her. That she feels pressure, yes. she says, from her folks, from herself, and even from the dog. And then says, okay, we don't have a dog. You idiot. <laughs> you fell for you it. clown. You fell for it because I said it. <laughs> so she's got her report card. She's underperforming. She goes to visit her dad at his, his work. He, he works, works at like a DIY store. Yeah, yeah like yeah. a hardware store. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. One yeah, of the big yeah. sort of ones with aisles and things. Yes. Uh, he looks at the report card and he's like, um, well, the important thing is that you're trying. He's very supportive. And he says, come in. supportive. Yeah. He yeah. says, come into my office. His office is the toilet display. <laughs> Which sounds like a joke. But <laughs> He's working on his degree so that he doesn't have to sit on toilets anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's trying He's trying to better himself and he has a plan. The dad's character is quite interesting. Um, be prepared to see almost none of him. <laughs> uh, so he explains that, you know, he works in this DIY store and he doesn't really like it. He wants his daughter to go um, to a great school, which is... Yeah. reasonable I think yeah I think he's he's supportive yeah definitely she goes to visit her mum after this um, at the Milford Weekly which is the newspaper that she runs yeah uh, her mum is on the phone trying to get her an internship um, she sort of tacked it onto the end of an interview um, yeah and uh, she she you know takes a look at uh, Marnie's grades and you know she's supportive she's like oh, I want to publish your poems in the newspaper 
And Marnie is like, oh, mum ran the newspaper like one of those family newsletters people send out at Christmas. She says of a tiny box out on one interior page that her mum was going to publish her poem in. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong, though. I do think it's hilariously messed up to be the to be the editor of the local newspaper and for the local newspaper to include a regular feature on how your family is doing. <laughs> It'd be like if the Times had like... Murdoch moment. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weekly like, Murdoch moment. Is is how the Murdoch kids have been up to? <laughs> Little yep. Tommy Murdoch has Tommy made Murdoch. this macaroni picture. That's yep. pretty good. And the elder, yep. he's turning forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's called Grover's Corner, which is quite sweet. Yeah. Um, so this is all. Yeah. I mean, this is all supposed to be showing us how unbearably smothering Marnie's parents are, despite them being supportive and wanting her to, to, to succeed. Yes. And Marnie hasn't mentioned anything about not liking science or not wanting to go to college to she has her a, parents. Also, the, the mom is like, oh, I want to publish one of your poems. Mm. Poems being a creative artistic outlet. Yeah. Not the kind of thing that a parent who, a smothering parent who's determined that you go to magnet scientific school for yeah. gifted magnetos <laughs> yeah. is, you know, is going to insist upon. To Eric Lenses, <laughs> League of Evil Super Mutants. Um, but yeah, it is important to note that Marnie has not at any point said to her parents that she doesn't like science yeah. or wants to focus on anything else. So as far as they know, she likes science and that's what she wants to do. And they're being supportive of that goal. So I, th I think she's giving them too hard a time, considering she has never told them this isn't what she wants. Well, it, it, it's a writing problem, and it's it's a problem. That, it's a thing that makes the film very hard to watch, and it's it, the, it's shot through the movie like a stick of Brighton Rock. Mm. This issue that essentially you have this heavy, heavy, heavy narration all the way from Marnie slash Jamie, and it's telling you something that is just not matching up mm -hmm. with like what you're seeing on screen. She's like, oh boy. Mum and Dad aren't going to be pleased with my report card, and then they don't and really like, like. Hey, and then they don't you know, seem to trying. mind at all. You're trying, yeah. and that's what matters to us. Yeah, and she's like, I don't, I don't, I don't think Dad would think very much of me taking art class, and it's, and but she never says. Yeah, or, I want or, to take art class, or even <clears> she never suggests that she doesn't like science or anything. And then, like the next scene is them at di at dinner talking about how. Marnie has a great future ahead of her and they can't wait to help her succeed and to support her goals. And Marnie's reaction to that is going, Ah! <laughs> She's gonna be a lawyer, a doctor, or even a news anchor. But maybe we're not doing enough to help you. You know, we want to give you every opportunity mm -hmm. to succeed, honey. College mm -hmm. and beyond. Mm -hmm. oh, what a great future you have ahead. And we can't wait to watch. Mm -hmm. You can quote me, Brad. Anyway, I hope you're having fun doing whatever you're doing. I'm here, working. <laughs> Bye. And yeah, and then it sort of hard cuts to her then doing that in her room. And it, and it turns out that she's screaming as loudly as possible onto Brad's voicemail. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, cool for Brad. Good voicemail to pick up. But he can't wait. You know, just... Call, another... Yeah, calling the police. I think Marnie's been attacked. There's <laughs> another good reason to be friends with Marnie slash Jamie. You yeah. know, like, you're going to just, oh, what's this, a voicemail? We press the button. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God, she's being murdered. <laughs> okay, so Dad comes into the bedroom um and has a little chat with her he's they're talking about you know passions and 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 things that they like and dad says that he was only good at one thing at school 
and that was photography. Mm. He explains to Jamie slash Marnie that photography was his passion, to which Marnie says, well, how come you're so dog shit? <laughs> yeah. No, wait, how come when you take those pictures of me and mom, we're usually, like, way out of focus? Because I had to give it up a long time ago. You know, art, music, photography just weren't part, part of, of the plan. plan. Your, your photography <laughs> sucks, supports Marnie. <laughs> But he had to get he had to give up photography because art, music, and photography just weren't part of the plan. Um, yes, but yeah, he's he's sure that the science the upcoming science fair will be the first of many blue ribbons. Yes. Uh, so this is the science fair. Marnie has made an onion battery. Yeah. Um, which doesn't win. Brad wins for creating incredible electromagnetic power enough to run the town. It's powering the room they're in right now. <laughs> Hang on, we should we should say that before this, what what happens is it it cuts to a scene of her. Winning the science fair. Ah, of course. Um, and she has a, a sort of. She's made a sort of marvelous machine, and then she turns it on, and the and the film abruptly cuts to real footage of a nuclear explosion. <laughs> yeah, which the I atom think bomb it, test. I think is the only footage of an of an atom bomb going off in a decom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, it's a I weird think vibe. Most likely, yeah. And you're like, wow, it's a bit weird that an atom bomb went off, and then Marnie says, "That was you, stupid you clown. You thought you thought a nuke went off." Well, it didn't. Well, it didn't. And here's what really happened. And then it shows you a sort of equally fanciful scene of, of Brad having invented like <laughs> some sort of like perpetual motion. <laughs> unlimited clean energy. <laughs> yeah, unlimited clean energy and like getting the blue ribbon and the first prize. Yeah. Um, but no, apparently this, this scene is real. Yeah. Uh, Brad has one. And yeah, Brad is like... Um, well, Jamie, enough about me. Let's talk about how you're the greatest. Yeah. Um, Jamie's parents come over to congratulate Brad... Um, they leave and she's like, those assholes, am I right? So, okay, you're probably wondering where the F the Quints are. <laughs> <laughs> and so am I. But so she comes home to find uh, mum and dad sort of in the living room holding their head in their hands. Yeah. Uh, they're sort of, they haven't realised she's come in and they're saying like, what are we going to tell Jamie? Mm. Uh, dad looks like his, his world has been rocked horribly, which to be fair, it has. Mm-hmm. Um, because it turns out uh, that mom is pregnant. Yep. And not just pregnant, but as dad says... Really, 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 really pregnant. Yeah, it turns out that she's having quintuplets. Um, yeah. So we get a montage of them preparing for the babies, um, clearing out a room for a nursery very slowly, it must be said, because it takes them nine months to do this one room. But but this is this is absolutely wild, because the movie... It's called Quince. Mm-hmm. It's about quintuplet babies. The mom is like, guess what? I'm pregnant with Quince. And then we like, we literally in moments fast forward through the entire pregnancy. Yeah. Straight like, through. But, but hang on. We spent, there was a, it was the scene with jokerism and clowns that turned <laughs> out to not be real was longer than, yeah, it was longer than the pregnancy. The, the, in the weirdest... movie about Quince, I want to see, I want to see some of the Quince pregnancy. Well, the weirdest thing about this montage is it runs from um, January to September. Yeah, of course, it's nine months. Yeah, it's nine that's, months. That's the, the school year. Yeah, well, yeah. The characters are wearing the same clothes throughout and the mum doesn't get any vis- more visibly pregnant throughout this entire montage. I don't know exactly. It feels like a production mistake. Also, this probably covers the amount of time that the film was looking to establish whether or not she gets into the magnet school. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> nine months passes in the... Nine months passes of her... Yeah. Yeah, of her school career. That's so, a like, whole. That's basically a whole school year. Yeah. And you know, if she was talking about, am I going to get into this magnet school? It's we're probably talking about something that at the end of this school year is going to be evaluated. Yeah, this timeline doesn't work at all. <laughs> so, so probably she either has or hasn't got into the magnet school at this point. 
But yeah, fine. So the well, film yeah, the, uh, time skips. Yeah, Marnie is saying that she's happy because she'll no longer be the centre of attention. And then she says, nine months passed and nothing changed. Is what yeah. she says in the Well, she's, except for Mum's belly, which also didn't change according to the montage. But yeah. then in the shot after the montage, yeah. she does have an enormous pregnancy belly and is suffering serious discomfort. It's contractions. The babies are coming. Uh, oh, um, boy. Marnie is, there, Marnie is there, like, brandishing a report card. But her her selfish mother <laughs> is going, more interested in, in giving birth to the five babies inside her. Her selfish mother, who is having contractions and about to go into to labour to deliver five children, the, the health consequences of which I think cannot be overstated... And Marnie's there, like, going, hey, I got my report card. And when no one cares, she's just like, grin. I got away with my report card not being very good because my mum's going into an unbelievably serious medical emergency. (laughs) They have a panicky sort of packing up to go to the hospital. Marnie's sent into the house to check on where dad is. Dad runs out of another door, starts the car, and he almost drives off without Marnie, who treats this like an unforgivable thing when, again catastrophic medical yeah right um i wrote a note that this like manic rush to the hospital thing is not like really realistic but then i in this without even stopping to start a new sentence i also wrote i'm going to stop listing the ways this film is not a realistic (laughs) depiction of childcare because i would have like a million trillion pages of google notes yeah it's so i mean you know just take it as read but fine. So the babies arrive. Oh, what is what is quite funny though is that when they rush to the hospital, the dad picks up this great big heavy bag of like supplies uh-huh. and he just puts it on mom. <laughs> puts it over her shoulder. She's already weighed down by the weight of five in utero babies. Yeah. He, and he goes off to get the shoes, the yeah. light shoes. The light shoes, and she sort of has to stack it to the car. So through misunderstanding, they nearly drive off without Marnie. Mm. And this is your first clue as to the direction that this film is aiming to take you, which is that Marnie wished that she was not the centre of her parents' world. And now she isn't. And actually, maybe it's not such a great thing after all. Yeah. Um, So the babies arrive. They're called Adam, Becky, Charlie, Debbie and Eddie. So alphabetically named. Oh, yeah. Um, A, B, C, D, E. Yeah. Wow, I should have realised that. They're the first ever quintuplets in the States, so they're famous. Yeah. Um, there's a big media scrum outside the house as they arrive home, like <laughs> gifts and excitement from everyone. Yeah. And, and then the camera <laughs> zooms in on Marnie sat in the car looking salty that she's not getting any attention. <laughs> wait, you do. So they get home and there's a media scrum and Marnie's like, good, can't wait to get out and get my photo taken. But then... <laughs> But then mum and dad get out with five babies, mm. five quinta- the, the quintuplets. And it's like, oh, it turns out they're not here outside my house to take a photo of me. It's some of random. Me, the <laughs> who made the onion battery. <laughs> so, oh my God, it's that's... the girl who made the onion battery. <laughs> oh my God, she's here. She's finally back from wherever she's been. Parker, I want photos <laughs> of the girl who made the onion battery. <laughs> Oh no, these miraculous five babies are in the way. <laughs> these photos are ruined. Let me just throw them on the ground. <laughs> so yeah, Marnie's unhappy that the media scrum is not for her because mm. she is not Quince. Yeah. And again, again, the film is called Quince. <laughs> the film is called Quince. The camera pans quickly away from the five babies that you want to see because they're the Quince. They're the incredible Quince of the title. <laughs> and it just pans to Marley, Marnie sat in the sulking. car sulking. So now we get to see a bit of the reality of looking after five babies. They're all shrieking and crying 
F these babies, am I right? Says Marnie, who continues to be the worst. Uh, the family is struggling. Yeah. Make them stop, please, says Marnie. Okay, now listen. According to this, they're either hungry or wet or tired or in pain. We simply just have to check off which one. Not enough time. Make them stop. They need changing. I don't care. Just make them stop, please. Needless to say, mum and dad now have five newborn children. Each, each of whom must be kept alive. Yeah. <laughs> or else they go to prison. <laughs> so, mum and dad's life is over. Shattered. <laughs> yeah. Like, their world is is ended. Like, mm -hmm. their, their fragile snow globe of a life has been dashed <laughs> to the ground uh -huh. and can never, ever, ever be put back. Um, anyway, Marnie's walking through the hallways, talking yeah. to camera, being like, welcome home, welcome to the madhouse. Yeah. Oh man, they cry a lot, don't they? And then she's like, even even though these shitty babies are bad, I couldn't help but love them. And then she says... I couldn't help but love my little brothers <laughs> yes. and sisters. And then she says, but this is my story, not theirs. <laughs> and on the first day of my new life, the only thing I really felt was exhaustion. <laughs> the only thing I really felt was exhaustion. <laughs> Mom and I don't think it's realistic that mom and dad both survive. Yeah, yeah, I right. genuinely think one of them well, should have died. There's a bit where the dad is like, they need more diapers and they need earplugs. And the dad is, is like, I'll go. And Marnie's like, no, I'll go. I want to get out of the house. He's like, no, I'm going. And I'm amazed he came back. <laughs> it really felt like that was him. It meant not even him like wanting to leave the family. I'm surprised he didn't like crash the car with exhaustion <laughs> yeah, on the right. way. Maybe this isn't so much a problem if you're watching this movie when you are like Marnie slash Jamie's age. But when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I like the babies. I want to see some of the babies. But you don't see any of the babies at all. No. It's like the camera will briefly sort of flit across the babies. Yeah. Uh, and then focus and then back on. Marnie and then, will walk in front of me and say, oi. This is about me. There are bits where she like will manually grab the camera and be like, remember, this is my story. This is my story. Stop enjoying these small babies. <laughs> she thinks that she's going to be able to use her newfound freedom to study and get into the magnet school mm. uh, for evil mutants. But Zoe and Brad, her friends, are like, you cl you're clearly untalented at science. Is that really your plan? Yeah. And then Marnie's like, sure. I mean, what else am I going to do? In a really smug, kind of annoying way. <laughs> um, but Mr. Blackmer, the, the weirdo teacher, is back. Um, he thinks what Jamie should do now that she has five brothers and sisters is join art club. My heart just isn't into art. You said so yourself. Where is your heart, Jamie? Where is your heart, Jamie? And then the thing I've got written down is that he asked this question, and then Brad and Zoe, who presumably have their own internal like struggles and lives going on, just turn so indulgently to Marnie slash Jamie and just go like, yeah, Jamie, Jamie slash Marnie, where is your heart? We and all want to know. It's like, honestly, everyone in this movie, like, especially Zoe and Brad, they just walk around the whole movie, just go, just sort of like basically looking at, looking at Marnie and going, oh, wow. What do you Marnie, do now, Marnie? What do you, what are you going to do now, Marnie? <laughs> what great Marnie, thing will you do next? Marnie, how are you feeling right now? How yeah. he thinks she's like, oh, I don't know if I don't know if art is my passion. Oh, speak on that, Marnie. Yeah, but Mr. Blackmer is really pushing the art club thing. Uh, it could be fun, he says, and there's no grades. And then he says, plus the guy who runs it is pretty cool. And then uh -huh. he hands over unsolicited a sketch he has drawn in his spare time of Marnie wearing a T-shirt that says Art Club Rocks. <laughs> and honestly, it wouldn't be more unsettling if he opened his mouth and a thousand hissing spiders. <laughs> <poured out. laughs> also, 
it's like it's, it's not a flattering caricature. It's not a flattering caricature. It's like one of those kind of like seaside. <laughs> yeah, you get at the so, fairground. So like, you get the fairground. It's kind of like you are riding a little ghost. <laughs> you are in a dune buggy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like kind of big exaggerated features. Like yeah. oh, I'm just caricaturing all the children. Yeah, you know the thing about high school children is that they're famously comfortable with their looks and love having certain <laughs> features exaggerated. Back at home, um, uh, Marnie slash Jamie walks in into the Quince nursery. Mom and Dad are in there, and they are assigning careers to the Quince. They've got mm. little like kind of wooden boards. One of them says like Doctor. One of the you know, you know like that kind of thing. It's like astronaut and stuff. And they're going, oh, do you think that um, do you think Adam is going to do this, or do you think Becky's going to do this? And the scene goes on for I would say about yeah. one or two minutes, and then Marty's like, this isn't happening. Mm. This isn't real. Any careers left for me? Oh, sweetie, you shouldn't worry about it. Your new brothers and sisters are going to take care of everything. Forget about school, Jamie. Your only job now is to have fun. Are you buying this? Anyone? If you did, you have to stay late and clean the blackboard. Forget about school, Jamie. Your only job now is to have fun, says Dad, relieved that now, by the law of averages, he is bound to have at least one bearable child. <laughs> by the law of averages, by how many children he's had, he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> the the mum's trying to parent two babies at once. Um, Zoe and Marnie walk in. Uh, oh, thank goodness, she says. Zoe, have you ever changed a diaper? Um, but luckily... <laughs> The front door goes and someone lets themselves into the house downstairs. Uh, it's either the baby nurse or an intruder who's going to kill them. The mum is fine either way, I think. Yeah, that's true. She's just... Yeah, now we meet the confusing character of Fiona, <laughs> who is introduced like a main character, but isn't going to be here for long. I come to you from overseas, babies, babies, and we'll be friends. Oh, you look terrible. You must be the mother. Well then, have a rest. There you go. Sit down. Go on. Have a seat. There, I'll take control now. After this day, I didn't want to hurry home to help Fiona, so I found ways to stay later at school. That's the first odd way Fiona helped me. Marnie's going to say repeatedly that Fiona changes her perspective on things, but nothing is actually going to happen. This is one of the hardest films to do this podcast about, mm. because the structure of it is so... You can't just say... You can't, like, you cannot believe, listener, the amount of voiceover and the amount of exposition kind of, like, loaded into every single scene. Yeah. It just, and, and like, the plot is completely formless. It's just, like, Marnie slash Jamie will just say, but that wasn't, that was the first way that it turned out that Fiona helped me. And then you'll see a scene play out in which Fiona doesn't materially help. It's like a film that the Joker from Batman would make about his life. <laughs> You know, yeah, <laughs> with just as many sort of rug pulls and sort of comedy circus Fourth scenes, breaking, as, yeah. Yeah, and jugglers and stuff <laughs> that, would, that, that that would entail. So Fiona, oh, when she gets into the evil supervillain, oh yeah, that's true. She does get run by Magneto. So, gonna... so Fiona is an Irish. Is this where this accent is supposed I mean, to be landing? Yeah, wherever the people in Luck of the Irish were from. Yeah, yeah. same accent. Uh, so um, Fiona is a nanny. She walks in. Uh, she tells mom to sit down and rest and she kicks Zoe, uh, Marnie's friend, out the house. I've just written down here that Fiona is a legend. <laughs> she's like, she's already earning her paycheck. She's like, hey, we don't need more people in this house when we have five newborn babies. Good point. Mom, um, sit down. You probably haven't sat down since you were about seven months pregnant. Yeah. Um, she's all yeah. about uh, synchronizing the baby's pees and poops. Yes. Um, you can't control them, they're babies, says Marnie. Ah, but I am Fiona, 
says Fiona. Yeah. So again, this is like introducing a sort of <laughs> another like little sort of thread slash theme that is that is not really going to be expanded upon. Where like Fiona has the same problem problem in air quotes that the dad does that that she wants to sort of over plan for life mm. and. I'm, being, I'm trying to be really charitable and figure out what the film is trying to do here. But, like, Marnie slash Jamie doesn't really do very well with, with a plan. And, actually, she has the soul of an artist. But, actually, like, having a plan and all that organisation when you have five newborns, like, it, the film doesn't really succeed in making a case that that's a bad thing. Yeah. Because you have Jamie slash Marnie being there being like uh, excuse me Fiona they're newborn babies you can't regiment them like this and she's like well I, I mean I'm a professional nanny yeah and also you kind of have to because otherwise yeah uh, there's no way of managing five babies at the same time I'm yeah. one person yeah exactly and uh, you know I mean don't get me wrong ideally in it we would treat all of these babies like individuals but yeah. there are simply too many of them if I had a, if I had a staff <laughs> of, of a hundred we'd be yeah, fine yeah if there were you know if... your parents are paying for one <laughs> your parents are paying for one so I'm doing my best yeah, yeah. Um, so Marnie has a good plan, which is yeah. to stay late at school so she doesn't have to help with the babies or contribute in any way. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't, I didn't. She's like, I didn't want to be at home. Home was bumming me out. <laughs> so I <laughs> have parents <laughs> holding on by a thread. <laughs> yeah, she's like, man, it's bad vibes. <laughs> bad vibes back there. <laughs> Marnie walks in and mum's like. Is that you, God? Yeah. Have you come to take us away? Wow, not my scene. I'm off to our club. Ah, <laughs> oh, tis, tis thee, the reaper. I feel, I feel your icy hand. <laughs> Was I a good mother? <laughs> uh, so she's joined art club, so she doesn't have to help or contribute in any yeah. way. At this point, I've just written down in capitals, why isn't the film Quince about the Quince? <laughs> And that's not, I'm not just saying that, like, the focus is on Marnie. I mean that it's frankly weird how little of the quince there is. Because it's a movie about, whoa, what if there were, like, five babies at once? That would be a pretty tough situation. Yeah. That's probably ripe with comic potential. Why is it, like, why isn't there a scene where the dad is, like, stacked with baby carriers and, like, has to carry all of them, but, like, oh, leaves one on top of the car and is about to drive off? You know, or, like, why aren't there, why aren't there jokes? Well, yeah. scenes. Or about this amuse amusing situations that arise from the five babies. Yes, why aren't there scenes involving <laughs> the babies? So at this point... But there aren't! Marnie says, wow, my home life is a real mess. So I decided to use the family troubles to my advantage. <laughs> the protagonist of this film, everyone. Yeah, home was a mess. Babies everywhere, money problems, exhaustion. And I'm not proud of this, but I used the family troubles to my advantage. Why would you write this into the script? Why would, why, why would you put this in the script about your lead character? Who you presumably want to be sympathetic Sympath and likeable. Yeah, she's just an awful, smug, manipulative narcissist. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Joker. It's the Joker, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Babies everywhere, money problems. <laughs> I see opportunity. <laughs> So, 
So the dad is going over the family accounts and just paying for diapers alone is going to bankrupt them. Uh, they have to pay for Fiona. The dad is working double shifts. It's all falling apart. The parents never see each other. Yeah, dad is... never sees his kids because he's working all the time. I think this money's really... like sweet opportunity. Yeah, but this is really sad because like dad, the dad and mum are talking and like dad can't stop working because they need every single penny, right? Yeah, and um, he says that he desperately misses the children who he doesn't see because he has to work so hard yeah to, to keep them alive yeah meanwhile mom mom misses him as much as yeah. as, as much as anything and Marnie uses the distraction and Marnie's of, like hey everyone's distracted good times she uses the distraction of her parents crushing worries to casually inform them that she's in art club something they would be supportive of regardless because they're supportive of literally everything she does yeah so she says I've started art club and they go okay good okay, fine. is that you the reaper <laughs> Have you come to take us away? I can see my grandmother's face. <laughs> and she's like, score, they didn't kill yeah. me off for being Yay, in art club. they didn't care that I joined art club. Why would they care anyway that they you love joined everything art club? They love everything you do. You're how the, oh my how God. controversial is joining art club? I was protecting my freedom, Marnie says. Andy, I've got five babies and they all need to be dressed well. Do they need to be dressed like characters from Assassin's Creed, Devil May Cry and Star Trek? Well, they don't need to be, but I suppose it would be optimal well, if they could be. Yes, please. Luke, let me tell you about Volante Design, because they have official licenses from all those series, as well as plenty of original collections like their cyberpunk and modern ninja line. So imagine if one of the babies was a cyberpunk. Imagine that. Oh, that would be good. That would be good. Have, has there ever been a cyberpunk baby? <laughs> if I had Quince. I would want them to be the first ones. You need... Each baby has to be a different genre, otherwise it'd be boring. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, I'll have a Star Trek baby, an Assassin's Creed baby, a, a Devil, Devil May Cry baby. baby. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to fulfil this amazing promise of a Devil May Cry baby and a Cyberpunk baby, then check out <laughs> Volante Design. Ethically sourced and manufactured, Volante jackets are made for quality and will last you for years to come. Just go to volantedesign.us and use code MOMCAN'TCOOK for 10% off your entire order. That's MOMCAN'TCOOK, all one word, for 10% off your entire order at volantedesign.us. V-O-L-A-N-T-E, design. It's just occurred to me, Andy, that they probably don't do baby sizes, but here's what I'm thinking. Save money, just buy one outfit, put all five babies on top of each other inside it, and then a, totter a teetering, tottering stack of Devil May Cry babies. You're like, wow, look at this Corpo Netrunner coming towards me. <laughs> he, he looks badass. And then he sort of teeters and falls over and five babies tumble out of the coat. That's quite some mod he's running. <laughs> he's... <laughs> Luke, how do you think that uh, Marnie's mother found a doctor when she was going into the serious medical situation that is having five babies? I have no idea, Andy. I imagine it's very it's difficult. quite hard. Yeah, I mean, how do you find yeah. a doctor? I mean, it can be tricky, right? It can be a tricky thing. If you're in the US, it can be a, a difficult thing to, to, to find a doctor. But for our US listeners, guess what? There is a better way. That's right. It's ZocDoc, the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun, probably including Quince. <laughs> the having of Quince. The having of Quince and Amani. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole separate, separate issue. <laughs> That's a whole separate medical condition. So go to ZocDoc.com MCC and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. No more Doctor Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favourite doctor you haven't met yet. That's ZocDoc.com, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com. 
or Z-O-C-D-O-C for people who say Z, dot com slash M-C-C. That's ZocDoc.com slash M-C-C. Meanwhile, Fiona is sort of continuing to um, uh, militaristically care for uh, the baby. So Fiona, a childcare professional, says that she wants the babies to synchronise so it'll be easier to care for them. Yeah. And Marnie, who is a Marnie, says, <laughs> oh what, and dress them like two babies have to be free! Uh, it's like, well yes, I will be dressing them identically because the alternative is picking out five different <laughs> outfits every single day. Every single, probably twice a day. Shall I choose, shall I purchase <laughs> ten different outfits? Or shall I purchase one out? They're all the same size. Oh yes, I will be dressing them. They can identically. all be washed together. They can. It's, yeah, it's so much easier. The advantages this way. are enormous of dressing them identically. But so, yes, babies I will should be, doing be that. free. Babies should be free. Anyway, anyway I'm, I'm off, to off to our club. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, now Fiona, whose character arc is only just beginning, now quits the film and never comes back. <laughs> number three does number one. I don't even know where four and five might be. Fiona, what's your problem? Five problems, and only one Fiona. Wait, Fiona, please oh, no. don't leave. No, I must, I must. I hear baby screams in my ears at all hours. I, I'm living a nightmare. I gave it all I could, I really did, I'm telling you. I'll take no money, but I'll take my leave, and that's it. I'm here. And that was the second way Fiona helped me, says Marnie. What was she the first way? She made me think. What was the first way? Um, the first okay. way There's no was... point looking in your notes, Andy. The answer isn't there. Okay. <laughs> there is no There's other no way. There's no first way she helped. So then... So Fiona then... has been overwhelmed yeah. and apparently lost two of the babies. She quits <laughs> saying, I'm living in a nightmare. <laughs> Which, you know, I get it. Yeah. One yeah. of the babies is in a sling on her back. Fiona yeah. almost kidnaps it. You but... probably would be li- living in a nightmare. So, she quits. Now, l- let's just recap the situation. Mom and Dad yes. are working... Uh, they have to work to get enough money to feed and clothe the babies. Yes. There is no childcare option no. except Fiona, and she has just quit. Yeah. So when Fiona quits, it's, it's it's I mean, it's like someone stamping on the pieces of the snow globe, right? right? Um, yeah. They are say they say, look, this is going to be okay. We're, we're not going to panic. And then Marnie says, I could take care of the kids, and the parents are like whoa, you could take care of the kids? Uh, yeah. Wow, great idea. And then an imaginary scene plays out where Marnie imagines looking after the five babies. In this imaginary scene, she has five CGI arms. She has like Dalsim dr- stretching arms. Stretching arms. Yeah. And she has five arms and she's looking after the quince and it's very difficult. And she's like, whoa, I can't carry all these babies. Then the sort of dream vision ends and she says to her shattered parents, no, actually, I can't do that. It sounds hard. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. It is too hard. Obviously, Marnie can't do this. Legally, she has to attend school, which rules her out yeah. of, of childcare hours, right? And second, she has no experience and can't do it, and it wouldn't be safe for anyone involved. So, the, yeah, the dad uh, suggests maybe he could work 70 hours of overtime a week. Marnie yeah. says, I'll give up my allowance to the diaper fund. So oh! Oh! Oh, Marnie! Marnie, oh so my God. So magnanimous. Wow! Wow. Wow! Front page of the Milford Times. And, and what's this? Who's this at the door? It's five babysitters who want to split $2 a week between them. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. uh, Is Marnie giving up a kind of like 30k salary allowance? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like what? 
what, what's the scale of Marnie's sacrifice? I think we've says, no- yeah, we've noticed the hole in the family budgeting. <laughs> <laughs> we're, paying, we're paying Marnie a salary of 30k <laughs> plus, plus quarterly bonuses. Yeah, health and dental. <laughs> <laughs> 401k. <laughs> That's when the doorbell rings. And it's a man Ding from a, a diaper company. Mm. Uh, the Cutie Pants Diaper Company. It's a man called Albert Lensley. <laughs> and uh, he's here <laughs> to give them money and gifts. Lensley. Lensley. So, this is where the film goes weird. I, and I think the main structural problem here is that in the movie Quince, in the first ten minutes, the, the Quince are born... And like all of the kind of like inherent chaos of there being five babies yeah. has already been like weakly mined, and and that's done now. So now the film's like, uh, uh, I don't really know what to do with the rest of the plot. Mm-hmm. So here is a man called Albert from Cutie Pants, Albert Lensley. Yeah, um, he, the Quints are famous, says uh, says Albert, and he wants yeah. to use them in uh, commercials. So they sign a contract which pays for the sitters and their diapers are free because it's from a diaper company. But remember, this is my story, shouts Marnie. <laughs> this um, is really weird because like a new character walks into the in, into the movie. We actually have a new character in here. The characters are all talking to each other in dialogue like a normal film. And you just get the sense that this is going to play out for another minute or two. But the film just like, it, the scene just ends. It just kind of hard cuts to Marnie outside the house. And... In a sort of flagrant case of breaking the show don't tell rule, Marnie just summarizes what you would have seen if that scene had kept going. <laughs> oh well, unimportant. You work with what you've got, and you've got quits. <laughs> Thanks to Albert, we signed a contract with Cutie Pants Diapers. That plus Dad's salary paid for the sitters. But remember, this is my story, and Albert, like Fiona, helped me out in unexpected ways. But remember. This is my story. Yeah, it's like, well, okay, I was at risk of seeing one of the quints for a moment there. So. <laughs> seeing the fun babies. Of the yeah. <laughs> seeing the fun, yeah. cute babies of which there are five. Um, Albert says to, uh, to Marnie, now, Marnie, for this diaper ad campaign to work, it needs to be about the babies and not you, the 14-year-old girl. <laughs> who, doesn't, who doesn't wear diapers. If you're going to feel left <laughs> out, I need you to tell me now. If you're going to feel left out, that you're not, wearing, <laughs> you're not you're not one of the diaper clad children. <laughs> if you're gonna feel left out, that you're not one of the monetized quince babies who are like in a diaper commercial. <laughs> and I need you to tell me if you're gonna feel left out, and I need you to tell me now so that I can disregard that as being an unimportant feeling you have. <laughs> because obviously, it would never happen in the first place. It would be like me feeling left out of a of, of like of a baby oh, diaper man, It would be like me looking at like the Dulux paint dog and be like, why does the Dulux paint dog get to run around and in splash paint. into the paint? Would the effort not work just as well with, <laughs> an, adult man? with an adult man running around with the paint nude and rolling in? Why don't I get to be the Andrex puppy? <laughs> why don't Why don't they make a commercial where I run around with toilet roll in my mouth? <laughs> but but I suppose when you're dealing with the yeah. character of Jamie, this is this is the lens you have to go to. Yeah. Now I just want to make sure that you're okay with the fact that you're not a baby in a, in a diaper commercial. <laughs> and she she graciously allows this. <laughs> yes, saying it sounds pretty good to her, and it does sound pretty good to her because she's like. Oh uh, yeah, this is great. This is just going to be more distraction at home, so more time I get to spend being a kick-ass rebel at art club. Yeah. So at art club, Marnie has done a drawing of her house exploding with diapers. Yeah. Um, she likes art. Uh, Zoe is like, wow, Marnie, you're so good at art. Yeah, let's remember that Zoe was the one who was originally in art club <laughs> and, and, 
and it introduced her to art club and is good at art. and is good at art but like zoe immediately no longer cares about her own artistic ambitions and because lives only to support Marnie's lives, artistic lives, lives only to sort of hover in like like a little like a little moon around marnie <laughs> just being like wow that's great you're so great what's the matter are you okay you seem to be thinking about things tell me more yeah and then she Mr. doesn't <laughs> exist. She's actually <laughs> the characters of Zoe and Brad. The narcissistic do not hallucination. Yeah. Well, the um, Mr. Blackmer comes over and he's like, um, "Well, the truth is, Marnie, you have talent." And she says, <laughs> and she replies, "Of course, I'm talented, and yes, I like art. So now what?" <laughs> yeah, and and again, everyone just sort of stops indulgently and looks at her and goes. Mm, now what? Yeah. But guess who really got me into art, though, says Marnie, over footage of the babies. Yeah. Come on, she says, as we see a shot of her sketching a baby. <laughs> oh, come on, think, she says, despite us all getting it instantly at the start <laughs> of the scene. That's right, it's the babies. Yeah. I was worried about you there for a second, she patronises. Yes, it's like, I mean, to be fair, though, half of these scenes turn out to not be real. So you are watching it being, you. it would honestly, it would, it would be equally at home in the movie Quince if she turned to the camera and went, get real. You thought the babies got me into art? No, it was clowns. No, it was drawing my dad. It was drawing the fridge. It the was, viewers yeah. at this point are like a sort of shaky shelter dog. Like, <laughs> cringing from every interaction. <laughs> Constantly expecting to be struck. <laughs> to be struck down. <laughs> so, yeah, she's doing portraits of the babies, which I would say is actually a very profitable idea. Yeah. Um, you know, people would pay They're the long... famous squints. <laughs> people, would <laughs> yeah. love, people would love to see them, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, for one, would love to see some footage of these famous <laughs> These incredible babies. But instead, we get to see Marnie drawing them. So... Albert has basically moved in with the <laughs> yeah. family um, and he's just chatting to them. And, and the thrust of it is basically that um, if he was ruthlessly monetizing uh, the quints before to, to, you know, to sort of move nappies in bulk. Yeah. Um, he's just stepping it up and stepping it up and stepping it up. And he always wants more, 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 more monetization. He says the quints are only a marketing tool for a year if that. But I don't want to tire them out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Days they can't go, they can't go. But you're losing money. I mean, the quints are only a marketing tool for a year, if that. A year? It must be longer. Well, maybe. I mean, if we can keep the quints in the news, not just commercials, you know, refresh the story, only quints in the state, blah, 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 then maybe we can squeeze another year out of them. Everything has to be about the quints. Focus, yeah. focus, 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 focus. They will be in nappies for, like, at least a year yeah. longer than the first year, but and, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, and my Marnie says uh, she hates how they're always referred to as the quints. They're five different babies and she hates people calling them the quints. So uh, it turns out the quints issue of the local paper sold out two printings without any pictures of Marnie in it somehow. Mom put out a quints commemorative Milford Weekly. I hated the way my siblings were always referred to as the quints, but I guess I was alone. The issue sold out two printings with no pictures of me and none of my lame poetry. Coincidence? I think not. Yeah, that's right. With no pictures of Marnie. She says with a total lack of self-awareness. The quint special edition. Um, also, I just think it's so great that the mom whose job it is to sort of the newspaper is like, <laughs> this week's news, my quint. My babies. Special edition, my yeah. quint. Uh, special yeah. edition, no Marnie pictures. It sold out <laughs> instantly. Special edition. Was there any local news? Is anything else going on in the town of Milford? No. No. 
<laughs> violence on the high street Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> pub opening hours yep. you know are there any kind of local political issues no it's, it's a whole issue given over to the fact that I have five children. I would, I would buy babies. that, honestly, because I've, I've not seen any of these quints so far. I mean, look, if it was the only way in this movie that I was going to get a glimpse of the babies, yeah, I would do yeah. it. So, at Art Club, Marnie is uh, whining that she's unhappy with the commodification of the babies, um, which, you know, makes sense. Babies shouldn't be commodified, although, again, the mum and dad really have really their backs needs, against the yeah. wall. They they genuinely don't have another option, so it's it's... The film doesn't really do a great job of kind of painting this decision to monetize the babies as a bad one mm-hmm. because it is, we saw what happened when they didn't and it yeah. was, they were literally uh, yeah. at, their, at their breaking point. Do I think the quints should be monetized? No, of course not. Does the film present any other way that these babies can receive the financial like aid and care that they require? It does not. No, it does not. So whatever. Um, Mr. Blackmer suggests that maybe Marnie should talk to her parents about her worries, which is pointless because that won't make any money, which is what mm-hmm. they need. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Um, so Marnie says, here's my plan. Mix mm. five parts quince with two parts parents and one part Jamie. Mix until frothy, she says, referring to the babies as the quince, something she said she hated <laughs> literally one minute ago. <laughs> so, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I thought was, Mr. Blackman says that she should use her observational skills to show things in a way that the parents will be will be forced, forced to, see. to see your good point of view. <laughs> your good point of view, which immediately made me think of Marnie doing like a big Banksy where, <laughs> like, where the babies are like rats or something yeah. and there's dollar signs. And there's a chimp holding a banana like a gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, look, mum and dad, what do you yeah. think? Or like pig's blood dyed green splashed mm. all over the house. Yeah. Here's what says, I think of your rampant commodification of the quince. It says money is bad underneath <laughs> it. Yeah, it says... The, the money you need to care for the quince is bad. bad. It turns out that so Marnie's back at home I can, now. I cannot believe this scene. This scene is this, this scene is unbelievable. This scene is uh, yeah. Uh, oh my god. Uh, okay. Well, let's just. Uh, this is not a scene that turns out to not be true. Yeah, this is a real thing. This is a real scene. So, so Marnie's back home. It turns out that spending all of her time doing portraits of the babies has meant that she's picked up how to to care for them because she she sat kind of doing some sketches. Mum and dad walk in. One of the babies starts crying. And um, Marnie slash Jamie says, um, that's Becky. Uh, and Dad's like, oh, uh, which maybe she'll stop crying. And Marnie slash Jamie is like, um, no, she won't stop crying because that's her hold me cry, which is, mm. you know, fair enough. So then Dad goes to get Becky and picks up the wrong baby. Yeah, it turns out he doesn't know which baby is which because it turns out this is a brutal gotcha moment from Marnie who has switched all the babies to see if the parents can put them all back in the right cribs. And the mum says, that's terrible, which it is. <laughs> and Marnie says, look at it as a challenge. And then makes the, the sort of um, smug emoji face. What is Charlie doing in Becky's bassinet? I put him there. Why? Honestly, I wanted to see if you two could put them back where they belong. Well, that's a terrible thing to say, Jamie. We love the quins. I know you love them, Mom. Just take this as a uh, a challenge. To which I think the only sensible response is to disown Marnie. Yeah. This <laughs> is unconscionable. The dad has been working 70 hours of overtime a week. Yeah. The mum is at her wits end trying to care for these babies. Yeah. And she's like, probably can't even tell them apart. I switched them all. Anyway, yeah. I'll be at art club. I mean, they are identically dressed newborn babies. And like also probably the mum and dad would be able to tell them apart. But yeah. because that is like people who have people who are parents of twins or triplets, like they do, yeah. they do manage like, you know, so they eventually do get it right. And Marnie is like, good. 
because sometimes I wonder if you know you have five babies and not just one set of quits. Oh, Marnie, <laughs> I think they're aware that they have five babies. I think they're every waking moment and there are only waking moments. Are, it's consumed by the awareness that they have five babies. This is breathtaking arrogance from the girl yeah. who joined Art Club to avoid having to spend time with these babies. I know. I swapped the babies to see if you'd notice. Oh my god. I can, it's unconscionable. Cool move, Marnie. And the parents are like, wow, hey, you've really made your point. And then she says, like, in voiceover, obviously, she says that she's worried. She, really, she's just worried that the parents are pinning all their hopes on the quince, uh, just like they've done to Marnie. It's not really clear or suggested in any way that that's what is happening with the quince. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just words. Marnie's yeah. just, she's just saying words. Maybe you already saw this coming, she says, but this was more about me than the quince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got that. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I picked that up from the, yeah. the tone of the film. So the Can dad... we see the quince? No. No. Here's Marnie, though. <laughs> so, so, dad. Um, shattered. Dad shattered. His, his, his world in tatters. He's racked with guilt over his failures. He sort of stumbles into her bedroom. <laughs> a broken man. A broken man. He tries. He's trying so hard. He's trying so hard. He tries to explain to Marnie why he wasn't able to put the babies in the right bassinets. And the excuse, what he says is, well, I've been working. <laughs> I've been working 70 hours a week to pay for the quince. Yeah. And he says, which I know in your words is a lame excuse. And she just smiles. No, she nods and smiles. Nods and smiles. You, you Do know dad I, a favour. You know I love them, right? He pleads with her. Yeah, just like, no. His, his life is in shambles. He doesn't have a plan anymore. Mm. So dad talks about how much... Uh, <laughs> dad, dad talks about how much he and, and mum love Marnie slash Jamie. Yeah. He says, you know, for the first time ever, like, I don't have a plan. I, 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 I don't exactly know what I'm doing. And Marnie just smiles and she says, just love him, dad. Love him like you love me. The exact thing she was complaining about <laughs> at the start of the film. Yes. This is treated like some kind of deep revelation that the wise Marnie has created with her Solomon-like wisdom. Dad! Instead of an unpleasant gotcha moment by a self-centred narcissist. Dad does love them. That's why he's working 70 hours a week to clothe and feed them. And the last thing he needs when he comes home is his <laughs> daughter to switch Swapping them. Swapping the bassinets. Like, you monster, you can't even tell them apart. Okay. So this is absolutely wild. It's not really clear how far through the film we are. And I don't think I want to tell you, listener. I want you to be sort of immersed in this kind of surrealist nightmare of unending disjointed scenes. So I'm not going to give you a clue as to how far through we are. Maybe a third. Maybe this next one's the climactic scene. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you. It won't make any difference. Yeah, right. If the film had a structure, you'd maybe be able to guess. But yes, but you, so you, simply, you simply can't. So it's a photo shoot for the quince. Um, Marnie tries to tell her parents that she's not entering science fair... Uh, but mum um, doesn't care slash doesn't hear. Well, her mum is the other side of the street in conversation with someone else and Marnie, <laughs> Marnie <laughs> whispers to her back that she's not entering the science fair and then acts performatively huffy about being ignored. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, we get another narcissistic dream sequence in which Marnie is given an A plus and a trophy by Mr. Blackmer and then a band and acrobats start celebrating. Um and then this is another scene that this is another fake scene that goes on for way too long before it turns out it's fake. Yeah. If you 
If you stripped the fake scenes from this film, I think it would be about 20 minutes long. <laughs> Did you think this was what really happened? Says Marnie of the obvious dream sequence. <laughs> because if you did, you weren't paying attention. Now go to detention, she says. Yeah, why am I in trouble for not paying attention yeah. to this film that is so aggressively hard to pay attention to? <laughs> I just want to I see re- some babies. I remind you of the disclaimer at the beginning, this film isn't boring. Yeah. This isn't um, a boring story. What really happened, in fact, was that her parents missed her parent-teacher evening because they were overwhelmed with their five babies! Yeah. Um, it's impossible to know why they didn't make it. I suppose it could be something to do with the fact that they have quintuplets. <laughs> maybe it's that they hate Marnie. Yeah. Their beloved daughter they won't stop praising. <laughs> or maybe... Well, I mean, look, there's two... I'd say the odds are 50-50. It's either that they hate Marnie, <laughs> their child who they love, or it could be that they have quintuplets! <laughs> Adam, who we, as we previously established, would trade every blue ribbon he'd ever won for a tread of approval from his parents. Oh my God! Walks up. I and can't. Says, I can't with this. He walks up and says, "I'm sorry, Jamie. It seems like your parents won't be showing up." And then Jamie says, "I mean, we knew your parents wouldn't come, but this is my mom and dad we're talking about." Yeah, well, we all knew your parents wouldn't show up, Adam, but this is me we're talking <laughs> this about. This is my mom and dad we're talking about. Okay, this is a Gilbert in under wraps. Or, uh, like, style. Uh, yeah. Another one of just these little glimpses into the fact that Brad has a really, really unpleasant and uncomfortable home life. Uh, and that even though he works very hard at school and does very well, his parents uh, basically couldn't care less. And the way that Marnie treats this sensitive, heartbreaking information is like, well, yes, Brad, we all knew your parents wouldn't come to yeah. a parents' evening. Why would anyone come to your parents' <laughs> evening? You're I mean, not Marnie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even me. Why would they come to the Marnie parents' evening? (laughs) (laughs) But this is my mum and dad we're talking about. So, Marnie moans, I thought that my parents having quintuplets would solve all my problems, but it hasn't. Life sure is tricky. Mm. Well, try having five newborns, Marnie. You want to see Tricky? Look at your mum's face. She's hoping you're the Reaper. (laughs) Is that you? I hear sweet music. So she goes home and gives mum and dad another bollocking. She comes in and she's like, well, look who it is. My parents who didn't even come to my parent-teacher conference. Dad is like, I'm sorry, I had to work overtime. I'm sorry, I can't stop working. And the mum is like, I'm sorry, tomorrow's such a big day. And she's like, tomorrow's big. Today was kind of key, even though it's... It was, even though it wasn't. It's one of the six annual parent-teacher conferences. (laughs) And she's a very mediocre student. So the Quints have their first national commercial tomorrow yeah um it's big time we are informed the mum says would it help if i talk to albert about getting you into the commercial uh i know we've been too focused on the quince says the mum of the helpless babies who need need round the clock (laughs) care but uh, but this way you could be part of this with us and then marnie says well i guess it would be good for these baby product commercials to feature (laughs) me a 14 year old girl but albert will never go for it (laughs) and albert's like Oh, what? You want to be in the commercial? Sure, by all means. But uh uh-oh, Albert has a trick up his sleeve because the next day we see that Marnie is dressed up as a big diaper. (laughs) So she doesn't She refuses to come out of She refuses to come out of her trailer because she finds it demeaning. I'm sorry, Marnie. In what capacity did you think you, a 14-year-old girl, would be featuring in this diaper commercial? (laughs) The diaper commercial starts with Marnie driving a Ferrari along the coast. (laughs) (laughs) Zoe and Brad are in the back. Suddenly, a drug drug helicopter flies overhead. (laughs) Marnie jumps onto the hood of the car and leaps into the helicopter. (laughs) Brad and Zoe are consumed in flames. (laughs) 
No time for you, Brad and Zoe. <laughs> we support you, they shout from the flame. <laughs> she backflips up into the helicopter, effortlessly disarming the three special forces men in there. <laughs> the president is tied up in the back. <laughs> You're free, Mr. President, she says, and lands the helicopter on the lawn of the White House. <laughs> we smash cut to the logo for cutie pants diapers. <laughs> cutie pants diapers. And then there's a half a second shot of the quince. <laughs> and the slogan is, cutie pants diapers. They are in some way associated with Marnie, the greatest. There you go. That's what she was expecting. <laughs> it turns out they wanted her to dress as a diaper. Yeah. She quits the shoot, which is disruptive. Um, and her parents are disappointed. They're like, oh, um, we thought we were going to do this as a family. Uh, but I guess you didn't want to be dressed as a giant diaper or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Marnie says... Uh, so, it's all about the quince, huh? So, it's all about the quince, huh? What about me? <laughs> what about money? <laughs> what about money? I don't know if... I don't know if I have the... I honestly don't know if I have, like, the time or energy to go back through Quince, but there is such a super cut to be made of every time Marnie like, <laughs> says, about what about me, or this story is about me, or... Mm. yeah. Albert Delib- says, uh, now is not the time to be selfish, and then Marnie to the, turns down the barrel of the lens and says, here's a little life lesson. Sometimes when someone tells you not to be selfish, it's because they themselves are actually selfish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so write that down, kids. That's yeah. a big one. So then... Brad is there in the next scene. And Brad, for reasons that are unclear, is livid. <laughs> yeah. We're at school here, right? Is that right? It's art club and they're at a, a gallery, yeah. I think. So um, yeah. Marnie is working on some art. And previous examples of Marnie's art have been drawn by like other obviously talented artists. Yeah, This one is a sort of crude drawing of someone's bum. <laughs> yeah, why is she drawing a bum? I don't well, know. It doesn't look like a baby's bum. Yeah. Anyway, it's they fine. I think they're sketching statues in a gallery. Or oh, something. right, okay. Yeah. So Brad is there and he's livid. He's really angry. And he's angry because Marnie has found herself with her art. But what he's angry about is... But I thought that's what you wanted. You were so happy when they had the quince. Okay, so I was wrong. Is that what you wanted to hear? No, I want to hear that you're going to make them pay attention to you. Whoa, angry Brad. Never seen that. You found yourself, Jamie. Now don't let anyone take you for granted. Show your parents the real you. They don't care. Oh, give me a break. They're distracted. Sure, but think back before the quince. You know how much they care. That was caring. They drove me nuts. I would give every blue ribbon I've ever gotten for one look. Like your mom gives you when you walk through the door after a day at school. Okay, so fine. They love me. Man, I can't believe you talked me to come here. It's ruined my day. Brad rules. Best character in this whole film. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's done with he's done with Marnie's bullshit at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, like, this is basically the only point in the movie where someone gives um, mm. like her a telling off, yeah. and it doesn't really seem to sink in or be pivotal in any way. I've also just got the note that when Brad says that line about how he would give every blue ribbon for one look like your mum gives you when yeah. you walk through, I cried a little bit. Heartbreaking. It's Absolutely really sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, good. Mr. Blackmas here. Um, he okay. says that Milford has a better art program. Life will go on if you don't get into the Magneto school. Magneto school for evil magnet for evil children. Magnet children. <laughs> just try hard. Your future lies with you. You have a lot of talent, he says with a straight face standing next to Marnie's <laughs> bum drawing. <laughs> But he also says he's entering her pictures in the school art show. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. The thing that's really wild about Mr. Blackmer telling her this is that it's just like so typical of the tone of the film in general because Mr. Blackmer is is there at art club and says, hey, so here's this thing. 
Um, every year, I pick one, one, special, one very, very special, the most talented, talented and most and special student, student of all, and their artwork gets to be the part of the main exhibit at the school art show. And do you know who else is in this scene, sat right next to Marnie slash Jamie? Uh-huh. Zoe, who was in art club first and is as good at art club. And what is Zoe doing as she audibly hears the devastating news that she has, by implication, not qualified for this incredible prize? She's smiling yeah. benignly at Marnie and going, oh, that's so wow. Wow, that's so. And then I'm they so go, happy. Yay! 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 Money! Money! You did it! Your aunt's so good. Was I drawing anything? Oh no! Never no. mind. Never mind me. Never mind my. Do I have a home life? Are my parents mentioned? Do I have any sort of anything going on at all? I no. blink out of existence when I leave this room. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. I've got written down here that I don't think it's. I mean, we've said this already, but I don't think it's Marnie's fault that they gave her a movie that is nothing more than a series of disjointed scenes of her selfishly huffing and puffing. Yeah, that's true. While, I mean, the, while some sort of like out-of-focus quints are occasionally <laughs> glimpsed in the background. Honestly, I think any actress would struggle. This is an evil spell that freezes our situation. You can't, you can't make this character likeable. But so uh, Marnie gathers everyone around, says that her drawings are going to be in the main exhibit of the school art show, and the parents are like, so what? She's like, but this is a really big honour. And they're like, why would we care about you getting an honour? And now, if you've been paying attention throughout this film, you're, <laughs> you're probably you'll, braced. You'll know. You're this, braced and ready. You'll know that this entirely plausible, played straight, no clowns <laughs> scene isn't real. Yeah. She says, Psych, I was just messing with you. My parents were as lovely and supportive as ever. You idiot. I can't believe you fell for this that. This is the wrong way round. For the narrative of the film to make sense, it should be like, the parents are like, oh, well, art club, that's cool. We think art is good, actually. Yeah. And then it'd be like, uh, I wish that was real. Actually, they were like, oh, yeah. what? No, you're not going to do the magnet school. You're dropping out at George Washington or whatever. But it's just not like that- at every point in this film, her parents are as lovely and supportive of her as they have been from the very beginning. They've never once. They've ever. never wavered in their yeah, devotion. <laughs> in their devotion. Here's what I would say. In this scene... Mum is there. Dad is there. Marnie slash Jamie is there. The quints are not there. Where are the quints? (laughs) You cannot... babies stay out. They're on the construction site. You can't have... Not only because it's the films about quints, but when you see Mum and Dad and Marnie there, I think you have to ask yourself, where are the quints? Yeah. Are they okay? So her parents are fine with it and excited, and Marnie is like, wow. Yeah. Things are good again. This was not an issue. So then Albert walks in, so you know the quints aren't with him. All I can think about is where are the quints? A construction site foiling gangsters. <laughs> Having a much more exciting yeah. and profitable film. So, 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 so. Um, the key thing about this big art show win uh, that Marnie scored, that mum and dad are so supportive of, is that the gala opening of the high school art show is on Saturday night. Mm. However... Albert then waltzes in. Wouldn't you know it? He's secured them invites to... uh, He's created a huge media moment to refresh the media profile of the Quince. Okay, so Albert, the invites are for the Governor's Parents of the Year Gala Dinner. Yes. Okay. The parents are the guests of honour. They've been named Parents Parents of the the Year year. for the state. Parents of the Year? It's such an (laughs) honour. Thank you, Albert. That's fantastic. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> and it's for us, Jim. Not just the quince. So it's nice to be recognised. They're delighted. Her parents seem happy for the first time 
since the quince arrived. Yeah, probably uh, since probably since mum heard the news that she was having quince. Yeah. It's the just first glimmer of happiness. It's just nice to be recognised as the mum. It's something for just for us, and not just the quince. It's something for us, the parents. Finally, yeah, a brief. Moment when, for, for yeah. a second, the Reaper's face disappears. <laughs> just for a moment, just for a moment, they remember that they also are individuals and yeah. not just kind of vectors for clothing and feeding and diapering. So these five screaming newborns. So how would you imagine Marnie reacts to? Uh, well, she she well, looks at she looks at the invite. Yeah, and she sees that the gala dinner is the same night as the high school art show. Yeah, I imagine Marnie would. Well, there are several possibilities. One thing she could do is re- is realise that she loves her parents. Uh, and this is... It, it's not so much that, like, the, the award is important. But, like, frankly, a night out just them. Yeah. That's going to be pretty special. That's going to be pretty huge. And also some recognition that... Because it's got to be such a bewildering... Yeah. Uh, frightening time for them to to know that yeah. they're trying to do their best and, that... and and also just just to know that like some other adults have seen what they're doing and been like well done yeah you know it's a just kind of it's a you got this acknowledgement of the troubles they've been going through and for, all the hard yeah. work they've put in the mom and dad have the opportunity to just be seen yeah here um, that's not what Marnie does <laughs> is it not no she bursts into tears uh runs to her school in floods of tears, takes out her portfolio of quince drawings and starts tearing them to shreds. Despite not having flagged this clash to her parents or anyone else. No. She's just uh, started sobbing and is destroying all of her. It's that PASAG thing where like someone is like, it's like if someone forgot your birthday and instead of like, and you were really upset, but instead of mentioning it, you were just like, I'm going to wait for them to realise. Yeah. I'm going to wait for them to realise. They're going to feel really They're going to feel so bad. They're not going to feel so bad, Marnie, because they have quince. Their yeah. life is pain. <laughs> um, and so she's other, like, wow, my parents are going to meet the governor. Wow, they're parents of the year. Wow, there's a big dinner in their honour. And guess which one they're going to? Just guess. My parents are going to go meet the governor. Uh, uh, that would really bother me too. No, they're parents of the year. Right, and this makes you mad? There's this big dinner in their honor. And it's the same night as the art show. And guess which one they're going to, just guess. Did you tell your parents it was the same night? I mean... Because if they did, if you reminded them of the clash, they might be like, oh no. Yeah. I suppose we can't go to the gala dinner because yeah. we did promise Or maybe, tomorrow. you know, we could we could get a driver for the evening. The governor, I'm sure, would provide one and we could attend both events. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the it's the gala. Uh, it's 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 the art show of a high school. It probably starts at 3.30pm <laughs> yeah. and finishes at 4. But Marty's like <laughs> knee-deep in destroyed art. He is like, no! 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 It's not all about me! Guess which one they're going to! She goes on a self-pitying rant about yeah. how no matter what she does, it's never going to be enough, despite that not being the case at all throughout this entire movie. I finally do something that should make them proud of me. They have been proud of her non-stop. Yeah. But it's not enough. It's not enough. Everything she's done in this film up to this point. They've said several times any just trying is enough. We love you whatever you do. Her expectation the expectation she has of her parents that they're going to notice this clash is just so a, such, such a wild miscalculation of where their heads are at. It's like you wouldn't. It's like you would. It's like expecting a man who you've just found recovered trembling from exposure on the slopes of Everest yeah. to like remember his schedule. You know, <laughs> he's dead inside. Yeah, and outside, <laughs> he's experiencing total death. Yeah. Mom and dad, like, they have five newborns. They probably think that this gala is a beautiful dream. 
But I did. I must have died. Yeah, just another. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I know I can't be asleep because that's not something I do anymore. <laughs> so Marnie uh, dramatically withdraws from the art show. Mr. Yeah. Like, oh, Mr. Blackmer is there for some reason because he's just always around following the children yeah. around. And he's like, no, please still please, do the show. Please, I please. can't put Zoe's garbage on. <laughs> I can't do my art show without your drawings of quiz. Of babies. And that bum drawing you did. Yeah, no gallery. one's going to come. <laughs> no one's going to come without your great art. So Marnie leaves in a huff. She's not, she's not having it. She, we see her at home being rude and short with her parents. Her friends are trying to do jokes and she tells them to shut up yeah she's just being unbearable yeah um they're then, in class and and some sort of official comes to the uh to the door yes. and calls mr blackmer over and i'm like finally <laughs> <laughs> finally some come up and but no this is the same this is the same school isn't it as like um up up and away and all yeah. the other thing yeah they're all the unbelievably unsafe and unsecure <laughs> yeah. high school of decoms but no it turns out that this uh, this official had news it's um uh, and it's bad news about the quince yeah so um it turns out that mr blackmer drives a windowless van <laughs> and he dri- he drives money to the hospital because oh no one of the quints has a fairly serious fever. It's Adam, isn't it? Yeah, it's Adam. Adam has a high temperature, the but, little baby. but he's going to be fine. Yeah, the way this scene plays out is um, mom and dad uh, are in a corridor and they are watching through glass as um, as, as little Adam lying there is, is examined with a stethoscope. Well, the, every shot of little Adam in this, he's sort of smiling and <laughs> kicking his legs playfully. And everyone's like, Christ, we almost lost him. <laughs> I know, we can't... <laughs> I I saw I kind of feel like I can't hold it against the movie for not like, showing a sicker for not, baby for not showing a sicker baby. But on the other hand, yeah, this does look like an extremely cheerful baby. <laughs> yeah. So like, so anyway, so so Marnie's looking at this, uh, looking at this scene, and she's looking at little Adam, her little brother. Um, there, you know, they've they've had a, a serious scare. This can be serious when a baby that young has a fever. And she says, "I'm scared," and the dad says, "No, no, no, Marnie, you don't have to be scared now." And Marnie says, "No, no, no." No, no. <laughs> I'm scared. Honey, you don't have to be scared now. No, not just for him. I'm scared that things are ruined between us. Yeah. Not fucking now, Marnie! <laughs> Their infant son is in hospital! <laughs> Once again, making this about herself. She physically stands between the, pa- the parents and the view yeah. of their <laughs> hospitalised newborn. She stands in front of them and says, like... What about our relationship? Yeah, I'm my own person too, you know. So the parents are like, Marnie, this has really taught us that actually you are a brilliant genius. <laughs> she tells her parents she wants to make her own plan. Yeah. Uh, with with art, I finally found something that makes me happy. This is, just, this is just presumably white noise to yeah. the parents who can look at nothing other than their stricken newborn, uh, you know, receiving the medical attention <laughs> in so desperately. The crash team burst into that. <laughs> Oh, she says, art makes me happy. I'm working hard at it. Can't that be enough? They said it was fine. They said it was fine and it's fine. It fine. And it always has been fine. Marnie says, I'm my own person too, you know. It's never been in question. In the background, Adam wriggles around. Adam crawls out of the window onto a passing length <laughs> yeah. of girder being suspended from a crane. Marnie, no one. Marnie, Marnie. Marnie, Marnie. Shut up. Marnie. This isn't an issue. There was, there was never, again... It's not Marnie's fault, it's the film's fault because there wasn't a problem. There wasn't a problem. This whole film is like Marnie walking around saying, and now I have this big problem. And then a scene plays out that is either not real or is not a problem. Yeah. It's, this film, this film is, 
This film is nightmarish. Dad says, look, Marnie, the only, the only point of the plan is for you to be happy. And then Marnie, like this is some huge wise revelation, says, I found myself. I found me. Who made you so smart? Dad's like, what? You don't want to go to college? And she's like, no, no, I, I probably do. Probably will. I probably will, but like art college. And the parents are like, yes, Marnie, unsurprisingly, I have no strong feelings about this. Yeah. <laughs> Especially not while Adam's in hospital. Yeah. So, sorry, Marnie, your issue is that you may or may not go to college. You haven't decided yet. This is another one of those scenes, by the way, where like there's one quint. Yeah. Where are the rest of the quints? And also in this scene, Albert appears. So the quints are not with him. <laughs> yeah. Where are the quints? <laughs> <laughs> Having a wacky escape. I don't know. They're doing a Dunstan checks in or yeah. something. I don't know. I don't know. They're honey. I blew up the baby in somewhere. Yeah. They've been <laughs> exploded to massive size and they're yeah. walking around downtown. They're having one of the many, many more fun films you could be watching starring baby babies. Yeah. The yeah, in walks um, Albert who he's not happy that one of the quints is, is sick. Um, because they've got gigs, he can't be out for... They said, well, he'll be out for two weeks. Um, yeah. He suggests using a lookalike baby just for the week. Mm. Um, Marnie says, maybe I can substitute. I don't think this is a joke. Um, the dad is like, suggest a substitute baby, will you? You're fired. <laughs> You're fired, Albert. You've overstepped. So the mom and dad, they do... Uh, they, again, the film sort of portrays it like it's the right thing. And all things being equal... Sure, it is the right thing to like fire the man who is ruthlessly monetizing your your sweet babies. Yeah. But on the other hand, the film has not set up any alternative income for how, stream for income stream for how you are going to like fund the the clothing and feeding. Presumably, the the, answer to, the real answer to where the children is is they're being cared for by a team of childcare professionals who are keeping them alive, being yeah. funded by the cutie pants diaper company, which yeah. is now yeah. no longer an option. Uh, yes, yeah. So that is so that is that is gone with Albert. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Albert leaves. Also now leaves the family with nowhere to pay or care for five. Yeah. Newborns. I mean this medical bill that Adam's racking up there in the. Oh my god! Care. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Right. Never mind. We we've talked for far too long not about Marnie. Yeah. So anyway, night the parents, of the awards. <laughs> the parents are in black tie practicing dancing. Uh, yeah. Marnie turns to the camera and says, "I never mentioned the art show." I decided that helping out my parents was more important. Like it's some grand concession she's making instead of just the right thing that she should have done in the first place. Yeah. Um, in, in an absolutely wild swing, it turns out that Marnie and Brad and Zoe are babysitting the Quints, which is odd because they need babysitters. <laughs> they are, like they are not grown. Yeah. They're young. But they're really young. They've, they've lost the cutie pants diaper childcare team. So oh, yeah, that's true. To. So yeah, it's all hands on deck. So yeah, yeah. So Brad and Zoe get in here. Did you have evening plans? Zoe, was any of your art going to be exhibited? <laughs> did you want to go to the art show? Well, no. Well, You're... actually, I, I, I did have... No, a... no babysit my brothers and sisters. And whose brothers and sisters? Marnie's. Yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. At the gala of great parents. Um, <laughs> it turns out that, oh no, mum and dad are there in their finery and they meet um, they meet the, the, the governor. The governor, played by Don Knotts, who played Barney Fife on the Andy Griffith show. Oh, right, good. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, at the gala... Uh, oh no, it turns out that the Quints were supposed to be there. Really remarkable. Oh, well, it's really an honor for us, sir, it really is. And your adorable quintuplets are where exactly? At home, all snug and warm. <laughs> That's very funny. You're making jokes with the governor. <laughs> but where are they, really? Why would you want the Quints at your gala? 
Yeah. Do you want the gala to be ruined? Ruined? Covered in screaming babies and poop? And yeah. Do you want it to be covered in, like, vomit? Yeah. And we... I don't know. Well, it, the governor wants them there so he can get a photo op. The governor is this absolutely bizarre character introduced at the 11th hour who's a sort of, like, big, grown-up man-baby. Yeah. Who's like, but I wanted to have a photo op with the queen. Oh, this is just like when I agreed to that photo op with the Backstreet Guys. Which is the thing he says. <laughs> to re- resounding silence yeah, from, the view, from the viewership. <laughs> yeah, He's furious. He and the Quince are going to be on the front page together. Oh, um, it's ruined. My gala is ruined. But it's okay. He has a very easy solution. Uh, he will just call his... Uh, he will call the house. Yeah. And uh, he'll get. He'll send someone to pick the Quince up. Um, unfortunately, Marnie uh, looked at the invite five minutes after they left, saw that it also included the Quince in the invitation, and has now left... Carrying all five quints, trying to get to the governor's mansion on public transport. She, well, initially, I guess Mr. Blackwell was outside her house in his van. I guess time-wise, he must have been because Mr. Because we hard we hard we hard cut two. They're all in Mr. Blackwell's crappy van. Um, so the, his crappy van craps out. Uh, so he drives them like three or four feet. Then his van breaks. So then they take five five-month-olds on a city bus through the night to a subway station and then ride the train. I can see by looking at them, by what these children are carrying, that none of them have milk on them. Yep. So that's immediately a problem Mm -hmm. because these babies are so small. But they manage, they race, they manage to make it onto a subway um, train. Yep. Uh, But then up walk some toughs. This is is just... Are we to assume that these these men want to to mug these babies? (laughs) Is that the implication? I don't know. These bikers walk up and they're like... Yeah, they're like cracking their knuckles looking at... Uh-oh, guess they're in trouble. Guess these men want to beat up these babies. Guess these men are going to beat up these children and babies. I guess that's the implication. Anyway, cut to the gala where the governor is losing his damn mind. He was Months gonna... of planning and no babies, he said. Yeah, I mean, he is the one Loudly ruin... in front of everyone. He is the one ruining his gala. Because He's the one ruining of... his political career because pictures <laughs> of him having this meltdown. <laughs> he, instead of having a gala, he's just throwing a massive tantrum in front of everyone. That he Phone doesn't... camera footage is <laughs> on Twitter instantly. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. That he doesn't get to kiss five babies or whatever. He really we couldn't wait to meet the quince, and now he doesn't get to. Then these huge, like biker toughs show up and they're holding the five precious quints mm. and then Marnie says out of the way the Grover quints are here says the leader and Marnie says thanks guys couldn't have done it without you and then they leave the film with it never having been explained who they are or how they helped or how they helped they they were on the subway she said it was two stops to the state house they had the babies these men walked up yeah, that's so- so then, so in, they're on the subway. A bunch of rando dudes walked up and were like, cracked their knuckles, yeah. act, acted and looked threatening, and then off camera, presumably Help. asked what they were doing, found out, and went with them the Help shortest them, distance. Helps them carry the baby up two flights of stairs, <laughs> I yeah. guess. Thanks, guys. There's probably an elevator. Couldn't have done it without you. Have, and then they do a sort of elaborate bro grab. I thought maybe so. they were supposed to be the state troopers. No, they're a biker gang. Why is a biker gang there? They're just... I mean, maybe there was a scene where they got attacked by baby thieves <laughs> and the bikers fought them off or something. There's, and they cut it out. There's, You know what? 
we're just going to have to breeze past it. Sometimes you get stuck on the things that really, really don't make <laughs> yeah. any kind of Anyway, sense. it's really stupid, yeah. and I don't know anyway, why it's in there. Don't... And it just is another scene yeah. where it's like, makes Marnie look great, because she was yeah. able to like fit in with these cool bikers. Yeah, it was not the right thing to do to bring these children out, to bring these babies <laughs> out at night. But don't worry, the, ha- the film has a happy ending, because this bonkers governor does get his photo up with the quince. Wow, good, yeah. that's good. I was so worried this grown man wouldn't get to meet some babies tonight. <laughs> And then uh, Marnie's parents are like, oh, honey, aren't you going to join us for dinner? And um, she's like, oh, no, I'm not really dressed for it. And the governor says, well, my driver can take you anywhere. And so Marnie says, with the crisis averted, I let the governor's driver take us out for ice cream. Audience, no, you didn't. You went to the art fair. Marnie, I mean, where else would we go? Audience, the art fair. You went to the art fair. Marnie, you idiot, we actually went to the art fair. You clown, you stupid clowns. You saw me eating ice cream and you thought I went for ice cream when the art show was on. You've not been paying attention. <laughs> you st- stupid idiot. Go to detention. <laughs> like a dog chasing cars. <laughs> um, this art show is nuts because <laughs> it's a high school art show it should by all on all accounts be like in up in the art room they've put everyone's pictures and all the parents can walk around it okay. and go Ooh. oh that's good and then they can eat a digestive yeah. and go home my daughter did that one yeah however that, what's that actually happening drawing. is that uh, like a thousand people are gathered in the auditorium mr yeah. blackman takes the stage and he says each year One student is recognized for his or her body of work entered in the school art show. Now, this is a student that the judges feel has a special gift. And this year, the blue ribbon goes to Jamie Grover. Guess what? I'm not fooling you. This is what really happened. Also, Zoe is now there and Brad is there. And but like, I don't think Zoe's parents are there. No. So Zoe like, doesn't have parents or a life outside. Of <laughs> yeah, Zoe, Zoe isn't real. Yeah. Those are two empty seats. Yeah. That when people come and try and sit down, Marnie's like, no, no, no. That's Zoe's Zoe seat. sitting there. Zoe's sitting there. And, and she, she says it like with that. such smug, unsettling confidence that everyone backs away. <laughs> yeah. So she uh, during Mr. Blackman's speech, um, Marnie gestures to Zoe and is like, ah, oh, the winner of this prize, it's going to be you. And Zoe does a gesture as if to say, oh, go on, you you flatter her. Then Marnie wins. Uh, yeah, and and Zoe like, oh, is like, well, me. Uh, and Zoe is like, hooray. hooray. Wow. And then Marnie starts falling from the ceiling. No, it oh, didn't, my- you idiot. <laughs> You stupid idiots. Why did you think money fell from the ceiling? Because I showed that happening. Because you saw it happening in a film. You saw it of money happening. Because, because you, oh, you idiot. What did you do? Did you willingly suspend your disbelief? You f- Why did you do that? You make me f-ing sick. Why did you suspend your disbelief? Why did you do that? You were so stupid, you clown. Because there wasn't any money, actually. Anyway, that, but then... In walk the mum and dad, and they hug her, and the governor is there too. We remembered, they say, it's truly more important to be here at your shitty art fair than to receive our Parents of the Year award. Yeah. And everyone applauds, and Marnie says, and that wasn't, that wasn't a fake thing. That was real. Yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine. Okay, well, if you say so. <laughs> fine. I don't think any like a of gun this shy. is real. a shelter dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, please, fine. Please let the film end. But then, mercifully, it nearly has. So we find out that Marnie is mel- is eligible for mag- was, for magnet school. She was so great at art that she somehow qualified for science school. 
her art was so good, it actually became a science. <laughs> uh, yeah, she... and Magneto was willing <laughs> yeah. to welcome her. She's allowed to go to magnet school to study the magnet. Yeah, but um, she didn't even want to anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, she decides she doesn't want to. It's like, yeah, I was, yeah, I got offered a place, but I didn't even want it, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, then we see uh, a scene of mom, dad, and Marnie. They're at home. They're reading the paper. The quints aren't there. Yeah. <laughs> so, where are the quints? Who knows? Where are the quints? <laughs> I wish I could see it's these. It's so things. long since we saw the quints. Dad is still trying to better himself, even though he's quite stupid. Yeah. Mum is managing the quints and making enough to keep them fed, uh, but not enough to make them rich. Yeah. Oh, and one other bit of news. <gasps> That's right, her mum is pregnant with septuplets. No, she isn't, you idiot. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you clown. You fell for it. Come on, people, haven't I taught you anything? She says, and then she holds up a very poorly drawn sign. That says made you look, which she didn't, and then the film ends. <laughs> so is mom pregnant at all? No, I think that's just another of Marnie's trademark lies. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> you know what? Fine. <laughs> Should I read some emails? <laughs> <laughs> please, please, please some emails. I want to read this um, uh, comment from Hugh, which was actually uh, dropped onto our Instagram page. So I was just lying like Marnie earlier when I said I was going to read an email. Uh, Hugh says... Uh, you idiots. <laughs> you fell for it. <laughs> Hugh says, regarding luck of the Irish, I'm about 2k from the Tato Crisp factory. Andy, have you ever had Tato Crisp? I have had Tato Crisp. They're, they're, very, very, they're very good. Very tasty crisp. Mm. Uh, who opened a theme park about their crisps and do tours of the factory. Amazing. I remember students going on tours, but now the factory has been sold to a German company, so the park had to rebrand and is now an Irish theme park called Emerald Park. Oh, okay. Okay. So the huge news here is that, you know, we were talking about how, like, that funfair was... <laughs> the, the Irish funfair was, like, patently nonsense. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Whoa, they've got roller coaster. They've got the <laughs> Spudhara playground. Uh, we do have another email about um, this sort of festival from a Bugles 81 uh, Thanks for emailing. Um, saying, I need you to know there is a yearly Irish festival in St. Charles, Missouri that is basically the festival from the luck of the Irish, but with more alcohol and slightly fewer evil leprechauns. <laughs> slightly. <laughs> uh, the Missouri River Irish Festival in St. Giles, Missouri is a celebration of Irish music, culture and good old crack, it says on the, here on the website. Uh, vendors will be on hand selling some great food and merchandise. Bands will be belting out your favourite Irish songs, as well as Irish dancers entertaining the crowds. So much to see and do. Irish wolfhounds, an awesome wee village... <laughs> an awesome wee village. Oh, an awesome wee village, yes. <laughs> an awesome wee village. It's okay. confused for a second. And uh, and adult drinks, including beer, wine, craft cocktails and more, which presumably leads to the wee village later on. <laughs> awesome in the sort of galactic sense. <laughs> You'll be in beggar's belief the size of, <laughs> of, this, wee, of this wee village. Of the wee village. Yeah. So there you go. That's something okay. you can do if you find yourself in St. Charles, Missouri. So in conclusion, we are sorry for goofing around and making out like the the, um, the, the Irish theme park in Luck of the Irish was a ridiculous thing. It turns <laughs> it would out be unpopular. It would be unpopular. It turns out that there are many all over the world. And it's good. Right, actually. Andy, what decom are we doing next? Oh. Come on, Andy, do the right thing. Make my dreams come true. We're doing a ring of endless light. Yay! <laughs> I'm, I'm going to regret this so Because hard. Luke insists. I don't know why I fixated on this one. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it's become important to me. It's your white dolphin. It's my... Yeah. 
Uh, it's from the year 2002. Um, it also features Ryan Merriman from Smart House and The Luck of the and Irish. The Luck of the Irish. And Misha Barton from The O.C., weirdly. Wow. Um, but yes, in hopes of briefly forgetting her troubles, Vicky Austin assists a handsome researcher who works with sea mammals and discovers that she can communicate with dolphins. <laughs> Hooray! Psychic dolphin oh. team drama. It's going to be so earnest. It's going to... Yeah, this one's real earnest, folks. Buckle up. Ring of Endless Light, in which um, Misha Barton learns that she can communicate with dolphins and then uh, kills a killer whale with her bare hands. No, she doesn't, you idiot. Yeah, I can't you believe you believe me. You why fell would you, for it. Why would you believe me, you stupid clown? I hate, <laughs> hate you. Anyway, we're going to keep podcasting for another 24 hours. <laughs> you idiot. Oh, you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, why don't you F off, idiots. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Or, or we, no, we won't. Uh, you clowns. You clowns. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>